Matthew, the fifth chapter. Thank you guys very much. Appreciate it. We will still do at the end what I did say, okay? Okay. The one thing you can be guaranteed, if I say something, I'll change it. Don't worry. It's just going to happen, okay? But Matthew chapter 5 and verse 13 from the King James Bible says this. You are the salt of the earth. But if salt have lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and be trodden under foot of men. Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid, neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word. God, I pray that you would help me to say things, God, in a way that would clarify and clear, make it so clear and so plain that, God, there would be no one in this house that doesn't understand it. God, I pray that you would just fill me with your Holy Spirit in a fresh way, God, that I would speak as a prophet to this group, to our church, to your church, God. But also that, Lord, anyone in the house that may not know you, that, God, they would feel your spirit and hear your spirit speak to them. That, Lord, you are light and the darkness they're living in, Lord, they don't have to stay there. But, God, that you desire for them to come to the light. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. In the New International Version, that same verse says, You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may, say, may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. I don't know why the Lord always leads me to preach such deep messages. I don't know what it is about me that, you know, that really deep stuff. But I remember a story that I heard once of a new pastor that came to town. And he got up and preached this great sermon on, like, John 3.16. Man, the first Sunday he got up, man, it was that great John 3.16 sermon. Okay, and he preached on love. The next Sunday they come back, week two of this new preacher, and guess what? He preaches the same message. Week two. It was good. I mean, it was even, I mean, it was pretty good still. I mean, what a great message. They come back week three. Shows up. John 3.16 all over again. A couple of leaders got together and said, well, you know, maybe we need to... So they come to him. He's a young preaching guy, though. I mean, you know. They come and say, Pastor, this is a great message. You've done a fantastic job. We get John 3.16. We get love. But, I mean, do you have another message? And the young preacher looks at me and says, well, you know, I mean, I haven't been a preacher long. But I just feel like I need to, like, continue to preach this message until y'all start practicing it. 
So I'm just going to keep preaching until you get it. To the point that you do it. If you've been around me very long, you know this is one of my favorite verses. This is a verse that, has, that just came automatically to me whenever I became a Christian. As a matter of fact, I've got this little thing that I believe in. It's just like a Larry belief, okay? Now, it's not like the 16 fundamental truths. It's not number 17, so don't add it to the assemblies of God. I would never blame them for stuff that I believe. You know how we do that? We, their fault. I believe that we are light more when we don't intentionally do it. Or like I like to say, we're more light accidentally than we are on purpose. The question is, which light are we? <laughs> you know, Jesus, as he was closing out his earthly ministry, there were a couple of places that he went to and discussions that he had. And I don't know about you, but if I knew I was dying... And I had my children and the people that like were closest to me. The last conversations I think would be the conversations that meant the most. I mean, hey, my parting words are. I would say this is like last will and testaments in high school. Y'all remember when we used to do that? It's not the same thing, okay? <laughs> at least not at my school. As Jesus was getting ready to leave, there's a couple of things in Matthew 28. Verse 16, he's talking to the disciples. And he said, then the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. Verse 17, when he saw them, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Even closer to his departing in the book of Acts, the first chapter, Jesus had another conversation with the disciples. In Acts chap chapter 1, well, in, 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 in Acts it says, on one occasion while he was eating with them, this is in, in I copied the wrong one. <laughs> Jesus said, you'll be filled with the Holy Spirit. You'll be endued with power whenever you're filled with the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. And actually, in the, first, in the first verse of that, in the beginning of that verse, he says this, go and wait in Jerusalem until you be endued with powers. Earlier, in, 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 this, in Jesus' conversation with those same disciples, he said, you will be filled with the Holy Spirit. He said, John baptized with water, but you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And boy, we love to concentrate on the power of that. But it was for a specific purpose that you were filled with the Holy Spirit. And sometimes in our whole Pentecostal experience, we lose that it talks about power to be witnesses. You know, in, in a day where we talk about spiritual goals and Man, the different things that we go along. Sometimes I think the main thing we can get sidetracked with, listen church, we, God has a purpose for us in this city. He has a purpose for every believer. Doesn't matter the sign on the sign out front. He has called us to be salt and light in the midst of darkness. My question, how's that going? 
I listen to podcasts, and if you're around me very long, I'm liable to send one to you, okay? Um, just because, man, they're just good. A couple of weeks ago, I was running one morning, and I heard this on one of my podcasts. I listened to Mosaic out of Los Angeles, and Earl McManus, he said this. People who don't have friends who don't believe in God, when they go to church, they want a language just for them. Have you ever invited somebody to church? That's a rhetorical question, okay? Don't get too personal yet. When they came to church, did it matter to you the language that was going to come from the pulpit? You better believe it did. What this is saying is that if you don't have friends that don't know Jesus and you're not inviting them to church, you want a language that just you understand. That's where we get Christianese, all the, all the religious words that we come up with. Because when we have people that, friends and know people that are lost, man, God, let this be spoken clearly. Let them lose all the Christian go words, Jesus, juke, and all that other stuff like that. Just let them get Jesus. A couple weeks ago, I was talking in youth on Wednesday nights, you know, and sharing about sharing our faith. And, and we were talking about, do you have, I mean, and, and I'll ask you the question I asked them. How many people, and this is a rhetorical question also, which means you don't have to answer, so please no shouts out loud. I mean, a lot of times, you know, people just don't understand. It's okay, that's what it is. How many people in this room have ever prayed with someone to receive Christ personally? Think about it. And your answer is, I have or haven't. Okay. Which is, you know, okay, it is what it is. That's the majority of the majority of people that attend church have never done that. And, you know, you're not going to hell. I mean, it's not like, oh, no, I'm alone. It's the majority of people. And there are people that have done it. But here's the thing. And, and I said, okay, I mean, everybody, that, that's not it. And I, hey, I get some of us are seed planters. Some of us are waterers, fertilizers, all that stuff. Personally, I think all of us should experience each of those things at some point in our lives where we're each of those. Okay, that's, that's great functional Christianity. But here's the second question I asked them. How many people in this room have someone that they're sharing Christ with so that one day they will find faith in Jesus? You know, they're in the works. They're in the process. I mean, you know, it's not like being bamboom. I mean, it's like, I'm in the process. Because this is what I said to the young people. I said, the sad thing? The saddest part of that whole analogy is the number of people that have gone to church their entire lives and they have no plan ever to win someone to Christ. I think to them, this is a dangerous verse. You. It doesn't say Larry in my Bible. Maybe in your version it does. It says Larry or if you're a pastor or if you're a preacher or like you're one of those radicals. Like this crazy guy's eyes I saw on the road the other day. He was walking in the middle of the street. His eyes were crazy. Tammy was with me. I'm going, wow. Those radicals. Those radicals that like share their faith. That, I don't know. They read the Bible and believe it's for them. Crazy Christians. You know, wow. 
they're just weird. Isn't that funny what weird is to people? I mean, you know what weird is to you. I mean, imagine what weird is to me. You ever get it? Hey, y'all know exactly what I'm saying. Well, weird is weird. That's one level of weird. There's not, and then like it's weird. Imagine what weird is to the people I think is weird. There's some specific instructions Jesus was given to the disciples here in this. Because I don't think Jesus was someone that wasted his words. I believe he meant what he said. You are the salt of the world. Anybody in here like flavorful food? I love flavor. Anybody in here like jalapeno peppers? Anybody like those? I love the flavor of that pepper, but like I can't stand, I can't handle the heat of the pepper though. I know y'all are not shocked at like I've done something with those pepper things, okay? So what I'll do is I'll take and squeeze the juice out and then like give the pepper to my wife because like my wife, it can't be hot enough for her. I mean, it's just flaming. I mean, just she can do it. it I had, a, I had a, a waitress at one point says, you're just a wimp. I said, okay, thank you very much. The tip will be great, I promise. You're salt and light. Well, as I've said, you're salt and light more whenever you don't intend to be than when you are. It's kind of like, how's that salt and light working out? It says, you're the salt of the earth. I love flavor. Man, more, and you know what's great? I love like all of them individually as well. I just enjoy it. I just, man, I just want to sit down. Tammy and I are like food critics when we go to a restaurant. I mean, we're breaking down. I was eating potato salad last night. I was trying to figure out, man, what's in the potato salad? You know, I mean, you're just, you know, you're just, what is that? And then Timmy named something I've never heard of. I'm going, awesome. I like that, I guess. Everybody's not as, you know, they're, they're, they're not as adventurous when they're eating, maybe, as I am. But I just think it's all an adventure. Can I tell you that spiritually, loving God is an adventure. Being salt and light is an adventure. You know, I mean, I've youth pastored for a long time. One of the things I learned early in youth ministry is everybody can't handle all of me. So there were parts to part, and it's understanding. That's what, that, what I love about young people is they're all different. Some of them I scare to death. Junior high students, I'm telling you. Sometimes I can be a bit much. And some of the students say, Pastor, you're always a bit much, okay? But that's what's so great about it. Can I tell you that God's intention for your life is not to be like anybody else. I tell students this all the time. For you to, be, for you to desire to be somebody else is you accepting a lesser you. Because God's made one of you. He doesn't need another LeBron. He doesn't need another whoever that person is to you. Kobe or somebody else. I don't know. God doesn't desire for you to be somebody else. But also in your walk with Christ and in being salt and light, it's going to come out as different forms. And I'm all for celebrating all forms. But dadgummit, be a form. Just be one. This city 
It's not going to hell because who we do or don't elect president of the United States. The need in this country is not a new president. It's a savior. And I'll vote. I'm telling you what, I'll vote often and whatever. You know that funny? I'll, I'll vote as many times as they let me. I'm, I'll only go once. I'm just kidding. But we are so consumed with this life that we have no recognition of the next. If Christians would stop arguing with Christians, you talk about being salt and light. There's just too much for me to say. The question is, are you salt? The question is, are you light? And we need to change our focus. We need... Man, the church, the people that know him. This week, intentionally or unintentionally, you have been light. In some way for some way or another. You have impacted this world for him or against him. Well, Pastor Larry Ops half and half. It's like my oldest brother says. Larry, I'm just trying to do more good than I do bad. His goals are wrong. It's just wrong. I make the statement quite often that years ago I stopped trying to be good. I just stopped. I stopped trying to be perfect. I stopped trying to, man, I'm telling you. And I just decided that I was going to go after him with everything in me. You know what? Sometimes it works out really good. Sometimes it works out really bad. I'm just going to love him. In the book of 2 Corinthians, the second chapter, it says, But thanks be to God who always leads us as captives in Christ's triumphal procession and uses us to spread the aroma of the knowledge of Him everywhere. For we are to God the pleasing aroma of Christ among those who are being saved and those who are perishing. To the one, we are the aroma that brings death. To the other, the aroma that brings life. And who is equal to such a task? Unlike so many, we do not peddle the word of God for profit. On the contrary, in Christ we speak before God with sincerity as those sent from God. We are the aroma of Christ. So we're salt and light. And then we smell like Jesus. How's that working out for you? I don't know. Whenever aroma comes up as a youth pastor, I just think of that junior high student that discovered deodorant. I'm just saying. They think more is better. <laughs> and you, can, they, you know where they've been because you can smell them. We are the aroma of Christ to this world. When we intend to be and when we don't intend to be. There are a couple of things in this verse that are simple. Like I said, I'm the guy that gets the really deep. Your salt and your light. 
The third thing that Jesus said, let your light shine. As believers, our light is always shining. Good, bad, for me, and the light's always on. I, I wish I could say it. Lights are on whenever I lock my keys in my car. Lights are on when I run out of gas and people are in the car with me. Light is on whenever I'm doing really good stuff. Light is on whenever I'm not doing such good stuff. Seems like everybody's there whenever that happens. I'm going, wow. I tell them this. That's for all, those, that's all of you that thought I was perfect. Okay, see? Not true. Sorry to let you down. But that's not even my goal. It's not my goal. It's kind of like, boy, I hope I don't cuss. Do you have a habit of cussing? Do you? Okay. I don't know. Jesus kind of broke that habit. It's kind of like drinking. I don't know what it is. Haven't drank in years, even for communion. Wow. Salt and light. While everybody else is struggling for, 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 for perfection, what if we struggle for just Jesus? Salt and light. Whenever I stepped into the room Thursday, Leah didn't ask me, Pastor Larry, are you sure you're clean enough to pray for my daughter? Are you good enough? No. Okay, I could answer that. No. Nope, never have been. Not trying to be. But he is. Because like Paul said, for me to live is Christ. Guys, and man, I wish I, wish I, I wish I was a great form of that all the time. I'm not. But you know, so many times we're so busy struggling to not get it wrong that we don't get it right. Sometimes your friends need to see lack or fault or falling short. While everybody else is, man, diving up, man, I'm just diving in. Jesus is the answer, man, in the greatest moment in your life, but he's the answer in the worst moment in your life. And sometimes real Jesus is dirty and hard and sweaty. But you know what? Put me beside the person that smells like death. And they will have no trouble recognizing life. While everybody else is jumping on tables and slinging and slaying and sloganing. And I just want to represent the Savior. We are salt and we are light. As the majority of churches trying to stay so clear of darkness... It is an old... Jeremy, not Jeremy Kemp, Steve Kemp song. Most of you are too old to even know who that is. He wrote a song that said, When some people want to live within the sound of chapel bells, I want to build a mission, a yard from the gates of hell. The most perfect God chose to come to redeem us, how can we live comfortably 
in a world that is lost. We know the Savior. And in this verse, he's saying, your job is to make me known. Salt and light, aroma of Christ. Sometimes the struggle in your friendship with people that are lost is that to them you are deaf. And that is right where you need to be in that relationship with them. As hard as it is for you to believe and me to believe sometimes, everyone doesn't like me all the time. And sometimes that struggle and that tension is exactly where our relationships need to be. While we push for peace, the Holy Spirit pushes for struggle. While we try to make the world comfortable, He wants to make them uncomfortable through us. Kind of like I say, you know, we have to. No, I get to. I get to not live that way. I don't have to. Because in Christ, I am free. Free. Freedom. While the, while the world defines freedom as the junk you get to pour into your body and do, with, do all that stuff, you know what freedom is to me? is to not do that. I am just as capable as you. And it's not because I have to. Because heaven is not out of me anyhow. Heaven is because of Jesus. It's not because, well, I just hope I live good enough to get to heaven. Whew, talk about a tall order. You keep struggling with that, okay? I'm just going to keep walking in freedom. Because... I've thrown off perfection and I am just loving him. Now, don't get me wrong. That doesn't mean I cuss, cuss dip, and chew and date girls or guys that do. Just want to make it clear. Will you be salt? What are your spiritual goals? Jesus in this verse was letting the disciples know what his spiritual goal for them was. I don't know, you want to follow Jesus, then follow him and stop following you or whatever sign you're following. And be salt and be light. Let me read it the way it says it in the Message Bible. And everyone went, oh, Pastor Larry's going to read from the Message Bible? Shocked. Here's another way to put it. You're here to light, bring out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this. As public as a city on a hill. If I make you a light bearer, you don't think I'm going to hide it under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God. This generous Father in heaven. That verse says to be salt and light. It says 
that they may see your good works. To give us awards, to give us, to put another badge on you, to, no, to glorify your Father which is in heaven. It's great to be appreciated. It's great to get that. But you know, so many times, it's humbling on the other aspect. That's if you really understand that the only glory we get is, to, is the places that he glorifies, is for him to be glorified. Salt and light. This city... This state, county, and it is our job as the church to be salt and light in the midst of darkness. And man, sometimes that takes going to dark places. Sometimes you just show up in dark places. How's that going? I started to say earlier, and I, and I, I, I think I made this statement. It's not the fact that there are so many people that go to church and have been Christians for 30, 20 years have never personally won anyone to Christ. And it may be a little bit alarming if they don't have somebody. That, but it's the number of people who say they are followers of Christ that don't even want. They plan to never win anyone to Christ. You know why? Oh, I just want to make sure I make heaven. Well, I'm going to heaven. And sometimes I think we miss by not paying attention to some of the words Jesus used. The last words. Like go. <laughs> go. And here, he's telling them, you are the light of the world. How's that going for you? How are you doing with Jesus' challenge? Why don't you stand with me this morning? Shane, you go ahead and start that song. A lot of times on Wednesday nights with young people, I just get everybody to come forward. And this is a question that's not rhetorical. If you're in this room and you want to be salt and light, okay, let me just help you out. I'm just going to help you real quick because if Jesus was not just talking to the 12 disciples. He was talking to anyone who calls themselves Christ's followers and said, you are salt and light. We're not going to check your scale of salt and lightness. But this morning, if you're here and you say, Pastor Larry, man, I really want to do that. If you're doing it, if you're not doing it, if you want to do it, I want to open the altar to everybody to come forward to this altar. Just move right now. Just come forward as this song plays.
Ladavia and Michael, this is where I need you guys, okay? See Miss Tammy. You can turn that up a little bit, Shane, if you would. You're fine. You can just line down the middle if you want to or go down the sides. Either one. There's plenty of room. Yeah. They're going to start passing something out to you, so just take it from them if you would, and then I'm going to give some instruction. Turned up a little bit more, Shane. David, come over to this side and pass them out. Just go ahead and hand them to him. Go ahead and hand them to him. Well, David, we need some up here. Ash needs one, Ladavian. Ladavian, Ash needs one. everybody have one who does not have us anybody not have one you can pull it down a little bit if you want to Shane you know the toughest thing after youth pastor for 38 years is the fight to not mature. Jesus in Scripture said that each of us need to become like children. And whenever I felt like the Lord put on my heart to pass out these glow sticks, I said, that's something they do in kids' church. 
But sometimes we need to do what they do in kids' church to get the point. Sometimes we need to become so, so immature that we're willing to, re, to respond to any altar call. Just for the obedience part of it. Because sometimes spiritually in our lives we can get stuck while we're struggling for maturity. Years ago, I heard a speaker talk about who had done youth ministry for a long time. And he said, the hardest thing to do is stay away from people that try to make you grown. Because the most dangerous Christian are the grown ones. They're just mature. They're just too mature. What, how could God use a glow stick? You know the cool thing about a glow stick? Light doesn't happen... Until you pop it. Until you move it. Until you begin to adjust it. It's not just going to glow. Spiritually in our lives, until we let Him change us, that's when the light comes on. It's not the question of how much light are you. We're trying to Man, I just wish I was as much light as Pastor Lynn. Wish I was as much light as, I don't know. Shine. Shine. You know, when you become so desperate, you could care less as long as you get an answer. I stepped into that hospital room Thursday morning. And man, that little girl was crying her eyes out. And I stood in the bed as we started to pray. Shocked. That's where he started crying. Who are you weeping for, though? Who's the person you cry for? Hey, here you go. Do you cry for even even your own kids? How many times have they heard you weep praying over them? As a youth pastor, I can tell you there's a generation that wants their mom and dad who will hear their moms and dads weeping, not for them to not get pregnant or get drunk or get arrested. Never one of my goals. I never even talked about that with my kids. Man, they consistently heard me pray. They would love the Lord, the Lord their God with all their heart, soul, mind, and spirit. They would be salt and light in the midst of darkness. Perfection wasn't a goal I put in front of them. I told them he was perfect. But I kept not being Jesus. <laughs> I mean, as a dad. And the world isn't looking for perfection. They're looking for light. When you're in darkness, it's blinding them. But they can see light. Quit worrying about the words. Say them if you need to. The biggest thing. Just be light. And listen to the Lord.
The great thing about God is he's not forceful. He's firm. He is. He's not forceful. Sometimes Christians act like they don't believe in God. That's why they have to scream so loud and jump and holler and hop and do all the stuff they do. Why don't we act like we believe in Him, that He truly is great or that nothing really is impossible? But it starts by being salt and light. And man, if you're here, you've never won anybody to Christ, you're not alone. There's a whole bunch of people. It's not a who's got the most spiritual soul notches. <laughs> what a silly game. I just say, how about one more? How about one more? And this week you will encounter people that do not know Jesus. What if we intentionally as a church decided that we were going to be salt and we were going to be light? God, I leave perfection and I just want to be the aroma of Christ. That junior high student, he doesn't know. But we can all smell him. What do you say? We put on the cologne of Christ. That man, in every conversation, in every moment, that man, we are his. And he is ours. Talk about freedom. Father, everybody in this room holds a glow stick. God, what a childish idea. But your son is the one, Father, that said, unless we become like a little child, we'll never know him. God, instead of doing the super things for you, God, let us just do the things that you place in front of us as your people. God, everyone in this room is a missionary, and God, the greatest mission field in the world may be this nation and God the question is are we accomplishing that God use us this week God I pray that we would place these glow sticks in places that we frequent so that we can be reminded on a constant basis that we be salt and we be light that we are the aroma of Christ And God, the tension in our friendships at times is to those who are perishing, we are death. And to those that know you, we are life. And God, in the midst of darkness, sometimes light offends. But it's only because they're blind. Help us, Jesus, to be your church. Not our church, not... Not our brand, but God, your brand. To a lost world. God, I pray for salvations. I pray this week for for opportunities. God, you're going to open doors. And God, as we have opportunity, God, we are going to leave the smell like a junior high boy that discovered cologne, God. That it, that it, it, it will be no mystery what that smell is. And it is Jesus in this city through this address, God. Through this place. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.